Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, folks. How are you? Uh, just me popping in to say this week's guest is brilliant. It's a cracker of an episode. Uh, we recorded it quite some time ago, actually, when Liz Truss was resigning um, from government. And it just so happened that it was playing out on this week's guest TV in the background as we were recording. So enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Proper Class Podcast. I'm Laura Checkley. And I'm Hannah Chiswick. And we are of course here to celebrate all things working class because if we don't, who the bloody hell will? Lovely. Nice and short this week, nice and short. Good, exactly as it should be. As always, we sit down with a working class hero to celebrate their life and achievements and discuss just how they got to where they are today. On that note, who are we celebrating this week, Law? Uh, well, today's guest is without a doubt one of the most inspiring women we've ever had the privilege of interviewing. Having made her way from the fish shop fryer to the House of Commons, she feels like one of the very few politicians who actually represents real people in Britain. In fact, little fact for you, Colleen Nolan describes her as the only politician I've ever understood. And I totally get that. And quite frankly, what more could you wish for by way of accolades, eh? At the age of 19, <laughs> when most of us were still enjoying a three for one deal on WKD Blue at the uni bar, and despite only only being in her third year of her politics degree herself, our guest stood as SNP candidate for Paisley and Renfrewshire South, beating longtime Labour MP Douglas Alexander to become the youngest Member of Parliament since the Reform Act of 1832. That's incredible. Never afraid to tackle prejudice head on, she has received a barrage of abuse on social media platforms for her vocal championing of queer and notably trans rights. In 2022, she married her longtime partner, Kate. Well, hey, congrats in Glasgow. <laughs> and when asked about her own coming out journey, she's reported to have replied, I was never in. That's true. <laughs> Describing herself as a traditional socialist, she's one of the most eloquent and yet relatable MT MPs of our time. Her speeches holding the government to account at every turn have been admired by politicians and Instagrammers alike. With her no bullshit attitudes and passionate representation of real people, she is a breath of fresh air in the dusty chambers of Westminster and without doubt one of the most inspiring women of her generation. Given the crazy week that seems to be playing out in Westminster, and I mean, let's be honest, who knows will be Prime Minister by the time we finish recording this episode. It is a miracle and a privilege to have her with us today. Listeners, give a huge proper class podcast welcome to Partick Thistle FC season ticket holder and MP for Paisley and Renfrewshire South. It's Mary Black! Woohoo! Woo! 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you find it really cringy hearing nice stuff said about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because usually I always have my my new wife uh, beside me just going, remember, I've seen you walk into a glass door. (laughs) Like whenever. Whenever anyone's nice about me. So thank you very much. I'm just, I'm doing the job for her just now. Mary, we start every week by asking our guests if they could take us back to somewhere that like really reminds them of their working class past, where would you take us? Um, I was torn between two places. Um, one would be Fur Hill, because uh, as you mentioned, I'm a Partick Thistle supporter and <laughs> I've been going since I was as young as I can remember. Um, my dad was always taking the two, me and my brother. Um, and we still go. So that's somewhere where you will very quickly be cut down to size if you ever get too big for your boots, you know. Um, so probably there. The, the other one I was thinking about was my granny's house because uh, I really do have vivid memories, you know, before before I went to school when I was still in nursery of spending half the day in hers. Uh, she was for Clyde Bank and had 13 kids. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, so she, she was, she's a hero of her own <laughs> um, right, when yeah. she was kicking about. Um, so, yeah, she, that, that's probably a nice memory. Because she too. must have been pregnant most of her adult life. So I, one time I horrified her when I was about eight, sitting on uh, the poofy in front of the fire, and I, and I sat with a calculator, and I, <laughs> I figured out, I turned around, and I was like, Granny, you were pregnant for nine years wow oh, like, oh my god. god that's insane if you add up all the months and what a warrior my stepdad is one of get ready for it no joke 17 children two of them died oh. yeah and he's he was one of the youngest um quite a few of them have passed now but that's a lot mm. isn't it and my mum always says that about my stepdad like she was just pregnant her whole life how does how does I just, I just mind blowing, isn't it? And the, her firstborn, uh, my granny's firstborn, my uncle Joe, he was, uh, he was really disabled. Uh, you know, like both mentally and physically, he was uh, really challenged. Um, so my granny gave up working to look after him, and then had a whole swathe of other wings. Wow. <laughs> um, so, like, my memories are always of being in the house with granny and Joe. Um, so and did, yeah, <laughs> and did you? Is that somewhere that felt like I don't know, safe growing up? Like I know when I went to my nans because when uh, Hannah and I we did a podcast about why we were doing this podcast, and we sort of mm-hmm. interviewed each other and our heroes, well, not our heroes, and obviously where we wanted to go back to was our nans' house. Yeah, and I remember it feeling. I just, I mean, I could still remember the spell. I just somewhere just felt inherently safe, and it just felt so working class. Uh, absolutely. I mean, my my granny's <laughs> my granny was always my best friend. Oh, you know, I she love was that. <laughs> sticking up for me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And also, it was it was always really good. But equally, so was the football. Like yeah. both of them are really happy, safe places for me. Yeah. Uh, even though there's, you know, a lot of shouting and stuff at the football, I, I still feels homely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have, have you been getting um, involved in the women's game? I mean, obviously, I know it's you know with England, obviously, but is it is is it sort of um yeah giving you a newfound passion into the women's game? Have you always been connected to that? Well, pa- Partick Thistle uh, got a women's team 
I actually couldn't tell you when the women's team started, um, but certainly over the last few years, they've really picked up and oh, getting the, the attention they deserve. Yeah. You know, getting a lot of presence on social media and um, games that are online and stuff for you to view. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's really good to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's great, isn't you know, it? Times are changing. Yeah, it's really, really, really exciting. Um, so tell us a bit about where you grew up then, Mary. Where was where was home? How was school? All of that. Yeah, so um, so I grew up, uh, we are right on the border of Paisley where my house is. Right. Um, so you go to the top of the road and you're in Glasgow. <laughs> I go home, I'm in Paisley. Right. Um, <laughs> and my mum, uh, she actually worked in the school along the road from us in Glasgow. Um, and she wanted us to go to a, a Catholic school. Um, so I went to school in Cardonald, uh, Lourdes Secondary, and that was a a strange place. <laughs> um, it, you know, just <laughs> I, I, like I remember when I first got elected, uh, David Cameron had made a, a comment about how the House of Commons was really just like school. I, the minute I was in there, I was like, Christ, I don't know what school he went to, but <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> my. God, you know, like mine was falling apart. It was, yeah, no toilet seats. Yeah, oil tapings in this one. You know, it's mad. That's partly mad. true, though, isn't it? I bet that was like his school. He probably thinks well, that people see, did all go to school somewhere like that. That says it all. Doesn't so it? in twenty sixteen, in twenty sixteen, I was invited to go and speak at Eton. Oh, um, oh wow! And so I said yes I'd to that because I was there. like, yes, absolutely. Mainly out of sheer nosiness, yeah. apart from anything Let's else. Get in there and have a gander, yeah, yeah. And I could not believe how similar it is to the House of Commons. Wow! I couldn't get over it. the The decor is the same. The wow, you know, the traditions and the vibes around it are. It, it, it totally made sense how people who've been at Eton are clearly very at home. Yeah, it's a, it's a very smooth transition. A very smooth yep. transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so I take it you were pretty academic from the off? I was always described as bright. Like my teachers would always call me that. And the reason I remember that is because every time after I would get a school report, I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, what does bright mean, mum? <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Like, uh, am I luminous? Like, <laughs> and, uh, but equally, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't get top marks all the time and everything. Um, and like especially when I did my hires, uh, I, chemistry and maths, I worked so hard mm. on them, and I just scraped a pass. Um, so I, I was actually quite proud of that because I passed. <laughs> um, but I, I that was me trying my hardest. Yeah, yeah. At it. Okay. So you obviously went to uni to do politics. Had you had like a really political upbringing? Were you a political family, or where did your love for politics interest come from? Arguing, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like in hindsight, I think uh, yes, politics was always a constant theme, but it wasn't, you know, day in day out. I didn't have parents that were, you know, active members of political parties or anything like that. Um, but we did, you know, we, we would go on protests, um, mm -hmm. like we were protesting against the Iraq War, mm -hmm. make poverty history, you know, the, the kind of big ones that you can think of. We would uh, be out there uh, doing that as well. But I suppose it was more just watching or being forced to watch the news. And um, we would come in, you know, and it would get to six o'clock, right? <laughs> Cartoons off, yeah. the news is on. And 
I think subconsciously I was soaking up a lot of it. And when I think back, I remember a lot of the discussions like that my mum and dad would have about the news, which it turns out other kids weren't, yeah. <laughs> you know, experiencing yeah. or yeah. Uh, weren't paying attention to. Mm. And then once I was uh, picking my subjects, I picked modern studies and, you know, I, I was just kind of quite interested that really the idea of how has, like, how can anyone think voting Tories a good idea? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, like, trying to understand what, all I've heard about is Thatcher and how bad the Tories are. Why are they in power so much? I know. And so that kind of led me down a, the rabbit hole, which coincided with politics in Scotland changing. Yeah. Um, and when the SNP got uh, into the Scottish government, that's when things really took off. The minute that they announced there was going to be an independence referendum, that's when myself and my dad in particular both became really politically active. You know, we started going out, knocking doors every night, uh, doing leaflets, doing public meetings, up and down the country, you know, it just it grew and grew and grew until eventually I was the candidate. I think it's really like, I, I went knocking on doors with my dad. My dad's a big socialist and we went knocking doors when I was like, eight, nine. And I think it, it's such an amazing gift that in a way, because I just thought politics was for me. It never mm-hmm. occurred to me that it wasn't no. something that I could engage with or that I needed a huge amount of like uh, academic qualifications in order to be, uh, you know, have opinions about. And See, I, I, thought, think... I think, and I thought the opposite. Yeah, I thought I don't understand it, so I won't vote. It took me a long time to vote or think that I had a voice because I thought, who's going to listen to me? I don't even know what I'm voting for. All I know is I don't want them in, you know, Tories. Mm-hmm. I think that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah. It was also, because in hindsight, it was also really good, like that, my, my dad in particular. I mean, my mum my mom as well. My mum's always great for... Um, finding out or arguing for who's in the right, right. Whereas my dad's more of the sort of political, you know, like he can see the chess pieces almost. Um, so dad in particular would always force me to argue. Like he would take the opposite position just cause and would <laughs> make me have to think it through. Um, and of course, I mean that's obviously came in handy yeah. <laughs> as I, I've grown up, but it was. A life skill apart from anything else you know because whether it be the houses of parliament or whether it be with uh a, you know a manager taking advantage of you or whatever you have to be able to question things and try and understand things from other people's perspectives and of course try and figure out what the best way forward is um, and sometimes you know being right isn't the most important thing sometimes it's about well how actually do we all get through this um we can deal with pride later sort of thing yeah so in that sense yes we are more political than other households and you feel really passionate about engaging you know I suppose people like myself when I was growing up not feeling like I had a voice and I know that mm-hmm. a lot of my family feel very disengaged um they've got more engaged recently because I think everyone's had to yeah but how do we talk to those people that feel like they don't have a voice and just to get out there and vote so I've still got man, family members that just won't vote because I think what's the point yeah. I, I've got nothing yeah. to say I don't get it do you find that really like do you find that kind of does that drive you that sort of getting people to understand that and oh definitely I mean like I, I do I'm a it might sound cheesy but I'm a firm believer in education you know like For sure. my family wouldn't be where they are if 
they hadn't had the opportunities that came out of that sort of post world post World War Two mm. collectivist approach. Um, so absolutely, I mean, education is the thing that transforms lives. Like, I wish someone had just come into my someone like you come into my school and talk how yeah I would understand. Well, that, you that's know what, what I mean. What, what struck me when I was 17 and knocking on doors was how willing people were to talk. Yeah. And, and still are to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, that period of time was, I think, the first time. It, it was a wake-up call for Scotland in that it's the first time in a long time that the vote has really mattered. Like, it could make radical change yeah. if yeah. Scotland had voted yes. Mm-hmm. Um so I, that captured the attention of people, regardless of what side they were on. So, that, I mean, there was a period of time where I think Scotland was one of the most politically engaged and educated countries in Europe, if yeah, not the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course that interest has waned a little or his weariness has crept in almost. That's it. That's um, it. But particularly, I think it's trying to get across to people that two things, I'm not, I'm nothing special. I, I'm just voicing what other folk are saying. And for whatever reason, I'm able to do it in a way that folk can understand and pay attention to. So I, I'll keep doing that, you know, doing my bit. But it's not like, I'm not going to change the world overnight. It, it's literally you people. Mm. <laughs> it's all of us. If we all just play our small part, mm. then things do change if you look through history mm. that's when things do change it's when people come together yep. um, and that's partly why you know your establishments and particularly conservative governments will do their utmost to separate people and yeah. have them fighting against each other and yeah. ostracize groups yeah. and if we can keep the peasants scrapping amongst themselves they'll be too busy trying to survive exactly to notice yeah. how much we're robbing them mm-hmm. There is this myth that you have to have a degree, you have to have worked in, Definitely. Uh, you mm. know, in an office or for a SPAD or in government or civil service. It's nonsense, absolute nonsense. I studied politics because I didn't like it when I studied music. <laughs> there were the two things I was interested in and I seemed to be getting good marks in, so yeah, yeah. I tried to go for it. My degree has got nothing to do with my job now. Uh, you know, it really doesn't. No. That I've met people, I've met constituents who I think would make better MPs than me. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I tell them that, and it's the usual, oh, no, no, don't be daft. Or, ah, no, 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 no. And it's just, if we had more people willing to, willing to fight for standards, I think, is the main thing. Um, and when I say that, I'm conscious that there is an element, especially now, that people are just exactly that. They're, they're too busy trying to survive to be able to to fight for these things yeah. but you know it's, there's got to be a healthy balance and somewhere it, it, it's going to tip you know uh, and that's where I want people to realise that the future of this country is so uncertain just now mm. so uncertain do you feel like it's the most uncertain yes, it's been since absolutely. you were elected absolutely. like yeah because it felt from uh, you know just from a yeah person living in this you know living in britain it feels like the most yeah. uncertain yeah. time in my adult life just mm. crazy she, so recently um the queen passed away mm-hmm. and on the 10 days rolling news the thing they kept repeating was uh, her reign she reigned over 15 prime ministers mm. 
four of them have been in the last five years. Says it all, yeah. Like, it's mad, <laughs> it's insane. It? It's insane. You've got children who haven't even been a, a year old who have yeah. <laughs> lived through, what, four foreign secretaries, two prime ministers, two monarchs. <laughs> you know, it's just... Yeah. Everything's it's bizarre, really bizarre. And have you noticed, like, amongst your like constituents, what would you say? Would you say that life is tougher? Would you say that people are struggling more? And what what would be the big challenges you've noticed that are like starving? Like, it's no exaggeration. They are uh, people are hungry and uh, and cold and and cold. People can't afford to keep their homes. And, it, they and that only feels like the beginning go. as well, doesn't it? Which is yep. really scary. And I mean, uh, fortunate is, is... Nah, f- fortunate is a fitting word. Um, we are fortunate in Scotland that we have the Scottish Government, which does provide a lot of cover and protection yep. from some of the worst parts of the Conservatives. But even there's only so much you can do, you know, and ultimately, eighty-five percent of welfare policy is still reserved to Tories, and all of the financial levers that are all control over the economy is still with the Tories. So it's still, you know, folk are getting battered. Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine what it's like in uh, places in England and Wales just now, and even Northern Ireland as well, but. In Scotland, I'm definitely very grateful that we've had devolution. And to be honest, it just strengthens my resolve that we should be independent. Mm. Of course. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So obviously, like, this is what I'm most fascinated about, right? Yeah. So you're 19 years old. Probably some people are going on, like, a uni outing yeah. to have a look round the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> you're going to work in the Houses of Parliament. You still had yeah. an exam to finish or something, didn't you? I just find it's all so amazing. What was it like rocking up in the Houses of Parliament? Was it like what you imagined? Was it surreal? What well, the... so I had been uh, down to London when I was about probably 16 or 17 um, and I got a tour of the House of Commons. Um, so <laughs> I had I mean. already kind of seen bits of it. So I, 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 in that sense, I sort of knew what to expect. But the attention that I got after I was elected that's something that I hadn't even considered. I thought I was just going to be another boring MP, getting on with the job, nobody cares who you are. Yeah. Um, but that was not the case in the slightest. Um, so that that was a mad, absolutely mad. You know, I, I remember one morning uh, getting the underground into Parliament. In fact, no, getting the underground from the airport into Parliament. And it was all rammed, packed, and I'm standing at the doors like that. And there's somebody in front of me and they're reading a newspaper. So that's pressed up against me like that. And I can see the article and it's just a big picture of me. And I was like, oh my God, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up. Jesus God, don't look up. And the guy didn't. Totally oblivious. It turned the page, carried on. I was like, oh my God. (gasps) It was insane. But equally, I was very, I was so focused. Like, I, I did not, this isn't something that I, I flippantly put my name forward for you know I mean it did happen it did happen no, quickly but not. I took a it took a lot of persuading from like my local branch and people in my life to convince me that this wasn't I mean it was a mad idea the, the thought of me getting elected but it it meant something and folk thought that I, I would be capable you know so I, I was just focused on not abusing or I suppose messing up the responsibility that people had given me. So how were you received? Like what would you say from an outside point of view, it it looks fairly clear that there is a sort of rampant <laughs> sexism yeah. rife through the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. Do you feel that? Have you been I mean of course this is such a stupid question, but how much have you been victim to that? How does it play out? Is it over? Like, what's been so, your experience? I mean, my ex- well, the, <laughs> there was a few um, immediate ones that were just overtly sexist, and I have never had a problem calling that out. You know, I've, I've ne- I don't seek or enjoy confrontation, but equally, I'm not shy of it. No, you know, if I think you're out of order, I'm going to mm-hmm. say to you, and if, if I think it's it needs said. Um, have you always had that in you? Is that is that a thing just like coming from those debates from back home with your, your parents and sticking up for yourself, your dad encouraging you to speak out, do you think? Yeah, and I think a lot of it is also, it actually took me a while to appreciate that I was sticking up for myself because in my head I was just going, what you're doing doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> I, I can't see where you're coming from yeah, yeah, w- yeah. without you becoming an arsehole in the situation. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really struggling to see. <laughs> so it, it, I suppose it comes from that sense as well so like uh, I remember there was one Conservative MP that I was sitting with because you know there was loads that just wanted 
to, you know, there was a wee bit where I felt a bit like a, a circus freak in a sense. Yes, people were yes. like, everybody knew me, but I didn't know anyone. Um, so people were coming up to talk to me as though they knew me. And I was like, out my face. I've, this is my first day. Oh, I, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, um, and I had this one conservative MP who was sitting with me. Fine, sit there. Quite, I'll talk to any of them. Um, and I said, when is it the, uh, what would you call it, the summer holidays are again? And he leaned in and he said, it's not the summer holidays, it's recess, darling. And I said, oh, go away. And it's not darling, it's marry, sweetheart. (laughs) 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 So he he never spoke to me again. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No loss there. (laughs) <laughs> a couple of ones, you know, a, a wee bit more cut than than that. Uh, so very early on, I think I established, like, yeah. don't pick on me. Yeah, I'll bite I'm... back. Yeah, I'll bite back. And sort of adding on top of that, Mary, like mm-hmm. sexuality and yeah. your class, how, how has that been as well? I mean, did you feel, I mean, obviously we spoke to Jess Phillips about this and how People comment on how she speaks. They always correct her spelling, shit yeah. like that. Do you get all? Do you do you experience those kind oh, of yeah. things as well? Just yesterday, um, I, I went on my phone and I just to get an update on whether we had a, a new cabinet. Um, <laughs> so, like, was like everyone else, I'm straight on to Twitter and uh, I had a notification that just came up. Somebody just going, "Why do you look like a Ned and sound like?" a wee criminal or it was something like that <laughs> just, and I was like, nice and, and I mean I've, I've had comments like that you know from the very very start yeah and I mean it doesn't it doesn't bother me right it really doesn't because I've always been a bit of a weirdo you know I, I've or I've always just been me you know and, and I've never been able to hide it or pretend to be anything else and thankfully I've had such a supportive network around me that love me for being me yeah. and that, that's how I'm able to do it. Um, but when I think of if it was my wife doing this job, I can feel my blood pressure mm. rising and yeah. the rage yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, oh, it reminds you that this isn't okay or it's not normal. Because, like, the way I we deal, I've got a very dark sense of humour. So, like, my friends <laughs> and my brother um, have set up a group chat where they would send in the worst insults about me. Um oh, you know, and we would all agree <laughs> on what was good what was good patter and what wasn't. <laughs> so and I mean that's still going strong, that group chat. Keeping so you grounded. Uh, yeah. uh, and there is there are some good insults out there. I, I like them when they've got a bit of you know, a bit of humour or a bit of thought in them. Because um, you but, have had to deal with a lot. Of, of mm-hmm. you know, backlash on, you know, with your support for queer rights, trans rights. And I think that yeah. I watched a YouTube thing where you were just going through loads of tweets where people were just being really homophobic, transphobic. Yeah. And yep. how do you deal with that? I mean, I know you said you it must get to you a little bit like that when you think of it being oh, someone yeah. else, you feel the rage, Definitely. you know. I feel the rage. I thought yeah, felt yeah. the rage just watching you go through all these tweets and you were so yeah, no, brilliant there's, there's, with it. There's moments, um, definitely, um, where it's it can you know, get quite dark in your own head. But uh, again, that's where I, I've, I'm dead lucky that I've got the, the people in my life that I do. Um, most of them I had before I got elected, you know, yeah. and even the ones that that I've added since then are 
uh, equally just as brilliant. So I, I really, I can't complain in that sense. But particularly with the transphobia, um, that kind of hit close. Well, I mean, it hits closer to home because obviously, you know, when you're queer, it's always very close to home, no matter who's getting attacked. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or no matter which letters getting attacked, mm-hmm. and. What really struck me was how many, I suppose, I knew in my head it would always happen, but when it actually does happen and you feel it in the pit of your stomach, was there were lots of people who, you know, had spent literally years telling me, oh, Mary, you're brilliant, you're great, oh, you, you just say it like it is, you're so, I've not, you're so articulate, so clever, I mean, oh, fantastic. And the minute I say one thing that challenges them, suddenly, all these people mm. are nowhere to be seen. Yeah, wow. Mm. You're still based in Scotland, but you must have to spend quite a bit of time in yeah, London. Yeah, about two or three days well. a week, or sometimes more. Yeah. Two or three days a week in London. So you're in amongst your constituents, you're seeing what the, the challenges are that they're, they're living with and how tough things are at the moment for people. And then you're obviously in Westminster. And... Do you think that the Conservative government, this is something I think about loads, do you think that they just don't get how real people live uh, or they just Ken, don't give yeah. a shit? I, I think... A bit uh, of both. <laughs> not sure that's the most eloquent Absolute, political no, question you're, that's ever you're been Honestly, <laughs> that's what I've been saying to people. That is the two categories that currently exist, is the people who are just totally out of touch and who genuinely... Yeah. I think uh, live in a, a bubble, and then uh, you get the what I would say is the majority, and it's the don't give a shits. It's just the mm. uh, this is a it's a game to them. It's a a power play, you know. It's yeah, the people aren't important. We were talking you know? about when they um rescinded the twenty five yep. pound extra uh, universal credit, and and just um I was incensed when that happened. I just thought, my God, it's you so know, cruel. people are like people's yep. children are starving and it's 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 so cruel that's what it feels like it feels mm-hmm. so cruel and and actually that how can you how can anyone regardless of their politics surely one of the things that just as animals like unites us is that we don't want to see mm-hmm. children starving yeah. or in pain that seems to be like something that we yep. could all probably agree on but it appears apparently maybe not so mm-hmm. and i was furious about this and then i saw a tweet and i can't remember whose tweet it was but they were saying that actually it's not that they think that £25 is too much to keep giving people. It's that they can't understand how £25 can matter that much when for some people £25 yeah. is a nice glass of Malbec yeah. after, you know, a vote in the Commons or whatever. And I thought, God, do you know what? And I think that goes back into that thing that you're saying, those two different groups of people. I think for some people that £25 is something that is like something someone doesn't deserve. And for another group of people, they just can't fathom mm-hmm. how £25 can be a weekly food shop. Like, it's just I think not possible for them to... You might be right, you might be right. Um, but I think it's more of more a case of they don't think you deserve the £20. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I do... I, I th- and it, it takes me back to the, you know, back to the old poor laws in Victorian mm-hmm. times where you had the, the deserving and undeserving poor. Um, and mm. I mean, it, since David Cameron, uh, and even before, but definitely when he got elected, 
that narrative has has been long at work, getting embedded in its work. Yeah. Um, mm. The number of people it that has. are living in poverty who will blame, you know, drug addicts getting their money. Like, mm. well, why shouldn't they? <laughs> like, if you were sick, would you get money? <laughs> like, it's yeah, yeah. and you can see that it's worked putting people into different categories. You know, it's similar. Like, I remember. I was in Liverpool, uh, and I, I was in a really good conversation about you know Scottish independence and stuff with this group of socialists, and I was explaining to them what's been missing in England is because in Scotland we I think we have had it to an extent, but what's been missing in England in particular is some political force credibly and loudly pointing out who is to blame <laughs> because. <laughs> I will hear like that there were these socialists whose hearts are in the right place. One of them started saying, "You know, I mean, there is an argument that we we can't. Why are we dealing with refugees when we can't even deal with our own Whoa. people?" Yeah. And I know how how many connotations that has and things, but and I appreciated mm-hmm. them being honest. Yes, yeah, so and that's that's what I was saying to them. But that's what the problem is: is you've not had somebody. Mm pointing out to those people who can't get a house who then go, understandably, how come somebody from Syria got a house but I've been waiting for a year? The problem isn't the refugee. The problem is your yeah. government's not building enough houses. And the ones that did build, yeah. it's sell off mm. to people and it's sell off to yeah. landlords and they're now sitting there decaying, rotting, yeah. emptying, yeah. and yeah. the rents are going Imagine up it. and up and up yeah. and nobody's building houses that's what the problem is no the refugee yeah. and even if you want to talk about why the refugees coming over here let's talk about what they're tr- running yeah. from and how that came about and let's see yeah, how right. innocent our governments yeah, are right. you know so it, it's yeah. it's about tr- again it's educating folk and trying to get them to understand exactly how yeah. they're being played essentially but i think people are really easy to educate and in, in and and it's just that we've there's a like false narrative that's really useful for people in power that like is actually very difficult to understand all this leave it to us don't you worry you know you voted us in for let us deal with it and if you listen to like you know one of my least favorite human beings i was listening to jacob reese speaking and he deliberately speaks in a verbose way that makes it Mm impenetrable yeah, what he's saying yeah. and that is actually yeah. a very clever thing to do because people think oh well that oh it's an inferior complex it. thank goodness it's he gets m- it. making you yeah. feel small yeah, yeah. yeah totally and, and thinking oh well oh god you know i don't know those words I can't, and i always say to people you know obviously i don't have anything like the platform you have but if i'm explaining something I'm a theatre director and if I'm working with a group of people who don't come from a traditional sort of theatre background, Mm -hmm. I always say to them, if you can't understand what I'm saying, that's on me, not you. My job is to communicate and if you can't get that, just say you're being unclear and my job is then to become clearer. But the plenty of directors who enjoy similarly (laughs) speaking in a way that is very... Um, yeah. you know, restrictive and, and, and very... Uh, well, I remember yeah. the first time I met you, Han, and I, I, I you know, I didn't, I'm not academic, I'm dyslexic, I've got all sorts going on, I, you know, I, I can act. Mm. That's what I'm good at. Um, I remember you, I remember saying to you, we were doing a play together, we'd not long met, and you said to me, if you don't understand, just ask. It doesn't mean you're stupid. Mm. It, it actually shows a maturity 
to go, I'm really sorry, I don't understand that. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, what does that mean? And it's okay to ask that. It's okay. But I felt frightened until you said that. And now I I just say now, sorry, I don't get that. What are you talking about? But it's having the confidence to do that. And and I mean, there's also an element of like, you're right in saying it's a confidence thing of being able to stop. But the, the rule I've always sort of taken with things is, if you couldn't explain it to a five-year-old, mm-hmm. then you don't understand it enough. Exactly. And it's one of the... I actually think it was one of these stupid Facebook posts i seen, you know, it was like a quote from <laughs> yeah, Albert yeah. Einstein, and I have no idea if he did say this or not. Um, but yeah. it, I thought it was a good point anyway, you know, it, just that. Get loads of listeners going, I think you're fine, it's so and so. So, yeah, uh, I, I do. Uh, that's kind of a motto that I keep in the back of my head because... Uh, it's applicable a lot of the time if you can't get the essence across to that, that a child would be able to understand it then you don't understand what it is enough yeah totally um and actually i think in working with the mps i have i think a lot of mps hide their own insecurities and their own of lack of ability by trying to sound intelligent <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and that's something that i I've get better and better at spotting, you know, just being able to go, you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know, you're reading that, that verbatim, you know, it's, yeah. uh, I've seen your whip just hand you that piece of paper, that's so. <laughs> so, um, obviously your life's changed massively now, and um, we always ask our guests this, and I think because you're so in touch with people, it seems like a silly question actually now, but Obviously, you're walking into the House of Commons, your life's changed completely. And I'm sure financially, you're more comfortable now and coming at it from a privileged point of view. Do you still, do you think you'll always still feel really connected to your working class roots? Um, oh, d- definitely. I mean, there's enough people that would drag me back down to size, you know. Your WhatsApp group for stars. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just need to check my notifications. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think, see, because I, I I mean, again, this comes back to, I suppose, how both me and my brother were brought up was very much about there are things that matter in life, you know, and it's people, it's your friends, it's your relationships, it's your health, um, and you have to be realistic, you know, and you might have to do things you don't particularly like doing or want to do, but there's a balance to be struck, and unless it's making you ill, then go for things, try things out, don't be fearful, you know. Um, and in that sense, I've always thought, you know, you you work to live, you know, the other way about. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And in that sense, I suppose, my life hasn't changed so much because, I, like I say, I'm still hanging about with the same people. I'm still uh, going to Fur Hill, still drinking in the same pubs. Um, I'm now married, you know, which is nice uh, um <laughs> I, I, i've got a house that's happy to be in you know uh, and my loved ones are healthy and safe now. so in the grand scheme of things i'm i'm okay you know um yeah sure but equally that's it'd be easy to get carried away though wouldn't it and not you know some people like yeah I know, yeah totally. they are working class but totally. they've forgotten their roots Absolutely. a bit and but they... to me there's nothing sadder than that uh, and there's, yeah right and also there's nothing 
I think there's also a sense of betrayal. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, like the only way I can describe it is see some of the things that Noel Gallagher hits out with now. Right. Oh, sure. He used to be my hero. He, like, he used to talk sense and be entertaining to watch in interviews. And now you listen to him, like, oh, what has happened to you? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you've, you've clearly not been in a pub in ages. You know, yeah, right, just, yeah. It, you can feel that there's just something that's changed. Um, yeah upsetting and it when that happens you're like oh no. so just personally i'm really conscious you know i don't i don't want that to happen and i think that's the big difference isn't it because i can understand how it can happen but i can't oh, understand how you'd want it to happen i can understand how Do you it know happens what I mean? I think like, yeah but why would you want it to like Definitely. so i think that's the big difference for people i think there are some people who are desperate to like yeah. remove themselves from their totally communities and their beginnings and 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 the people they grew up around and there are other people who want to elevate mm-hmm. themselves and those communities into there's yeah, also, more prosperity but not necessarily change who yeah, they are no. there's also something to be said though for the nature of parliament because the way i've said before the way that place runs it is still a, a private members club right yeah. it's and it kind of covers itself like all private members clubs do <laughs> Um, (laughs) in the sense you know oh yeah yes you have to work long hours yeah of course things happen last minute and the truth is it doesn't need to be like that at all no if this was a business you can guarantee the first people to be calling for it to go bankrupt would be Tories because it is so inefficient the hours that are wasted in that parliament is unbelievable and it's Mm. all done under the pretense of tradition and a stature and we are the mother of all parliaments and tradition and it's Ugh. it's rubbish it's absolute rubbish and um, but it is it's living and breathing in the walls it is factored into every yeah. single role in that place so when i'm in parliament doors are held open for me i can get my own there's an mp's private uh, tea room it's called um you know there's a certain reverence that people treat you with because oh that's a member do you get, do you get free drinks and stuff so such a no, basic no, you, question isn't it what are you no, thinking no. of standing for parliament <laughs> yeah, like, give it a go you know so, uh, it's the free drinks <laughs> so, uh, there's not free drinks but it's certainly not short of pubs or, on the estate and wow. i remember somebody told me because the prices are cheaper than the outside like other pubs yeah, in I'd london yeah i heard that yeah i heard and that and the reason that i was given and i, I don't know if this is hundred percent was that because Parliament is considered royal estate, you don't pay VAT on royal estate. So wow. there's no VAT added on to everything. So that's yeah. it's why it's just that wee bit cheaper. Um wow. which makes sense. But again, I, I could just be spouting yeah, lies there. <laughs> but I was told that. <laughs> I was told that. <laughs> um so uh, my point there was I, I can understand how people without even being aware of it, can suddenly start to buy into their own hype, mm. you know, yeah. and can start to genuinely believe themselves to be better than mm-hmm. others and better than they are, actually, and more yeah. talented than they actually are. Um, yeah. You know, and I include myself in that as well. It, it's it's very easy, you know, to, unless you've got people that, are, like I'm surrounded by, to go, who are you talking to? Get yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the next round. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> so um, I, I do. I think that there is something to be said about the nature of Parliament and how it it sort of it thrives on 
people not fully knowing what's happening inside the walls. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think the thing that you've, yeah, I think the thing that you said that blo- it sounds like such a strange thing that has blown my mind so much mm-hmm. is when you said that Eton looks yeah. and feels like the House of Parliament, mm-hmm. and that makes so much sense to yeah. me. There is a there's an innate sense of um, uh, entitlement. Not privilege isn't the right word, but just the fact that you're owed something that it's your right entitlement isn't it that you can't teach that nobody could you could never Mm. acquire that i think you have to that's something you have to have been installed in you from such a young age that this is your right that you are somehow superior that you were chosen Mm -hmm. somehow yeah and your Um, voice should be heard and yeah yeah that your voice should be heard it's it's inequality (laughs) i mean even in my experience of uh, not just people who've went to different schools, um, but even meeting pupils um, as they are at school, is that the one thing kids from private schools never lack is confidence. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think that's always a good thing. <laughs> you no. know, it, 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 yeah, there's a healthy dose of it, but there should also sure. be an element yeah. of you're just as good as everybody, but you're not better than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. and that's where the balance is for me. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that is, of course, you could, there's a lot of complaints could be said about <laughs> school systems, uh, certainly public schools. But mm. yeah, I do. I, th- I think it's stark, the, the differences in attitudes um, definitely exists. Yeah. Definitely. We're going to have to let you go in a minute, which I don't really don't want. Handy, do you have another question there? I Sorry, don't want to. Had an intake no, I was just going to say, <laughs> no, I was going to say we probably ought to because God knows what's happened to us. We've been on here. So. I know, I know. She's gone yet. Um, <laughs> PM Liz Truss is to make a statement at one thirty. <gasps> right, let's get oh, ourselves off here, everyone, because right. it's 25 past. Yeah, and the podium <laughs> has the government logo on it. Oh, wow. Which means mean? she will be speaking as leader of the government rather than leader of the party Uh, um uh, it's a subtle thing but sometimes it can tell you what you know what's going to happen there was a time when Theresa may did it and because it was it didn't have the government thing because everyone thought oh she's going to resign but it didn't have the government logo so you thought oh maybe she's not she's going to be speaking as conservative so who knows who knows (gasps) We'll see. Oh, wow. Five minutes. We will Five find minutes. her. By the time you by the time you're listening to this listener, you will be way ahead of us. Absolutely. As we are speaking, <laughs> we're gonna find out if Liz Truss will still be our Prime Minister. Who knows? Madness. Could be one of you, listener, by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go for a lottery now. And if your number comes up, you're Why not, eh? Why not? <laughs> it's right. worth a go. So Mary, uh, we just finish up the show every week um asking our guests, obviously we've just spent the last hour celebrating yourself um yep. if you could celebrate any working class hero today in your life who would that be uh, don't say Noel Gallagher no <laughs> do you know who I'm going I'm, and this is genuine the staff in parliament oh, that's amazing. oh wow they're the ones keeping things ticking over and the absolute chaos like I, I feel like I'm always so apologetic to the staff because I just feel like you're all forced to look after all these overgrown children yeah. who are running yeah, about revolting. like spoiled brats. Um, and oh, God. they're the ones that keep things running and keep us safe. Yeah, they do some job and they wow. deserve much better than 
what this current government's given them. Definitely. So I'm going to go well, with that. I'm going to go with that. That's nice. That's I, love that. I love that. Well, we're going to celebrate all of them lot slogging their guts out in Parliament. Yeah. Um, and you today, Mary Black. Oh, thank you it's very much. It's been such an honour, honestly. And thank you just on my part, very private part, being uh, very visible for the queer and trans community. Thank and you Keep very going. Much. Keep fighting the fight, mate, because um, it's very important yes. and it means a lot. So thank you. I no, appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed thank it. Thank you so much. Thanks, thank you Mary. so much. Mary, see you later. Oh my God, I literally feel like that's the most like current affairs I think I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> of, course, of course, when this goes out, it could be sort of like four months down the line, but it was still really exciting. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Laura Coonsberg, eat your heart out. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, aside from the exciting stuff with it all kicking off, I mean, Mari, sorry, Mary literally had the TV on in the background, didn't she? Um, Christ. I mean, I've always been a massive fan, a bit like when, you know, I first heard Jess Phillips talk. It was like that when I first saw uh, Mary stand up and uh, make a, a speech. And I just thought it's just somebody that I could connect with that that, that spoke sense that i don't know in a way just, that's easy to connect with yeah 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 I, and you know and everything obviously that mary's doing for the queer and trans community is is hugely important and i just think she rocks i just think like i wish we had her over here actually <laughs> i know it's made me think about moving to glasgow she's um she she's extraordinary isn't she and also you know it it must get tiring for her, I suppose, people banging on about her age. But it's not just about the personal achievement of being 19 and being elected. It's about the fact that young people see themselves in her, mm -hmm. see that they can engage and be engaged by politics. And that just feels like something we so desperately need in Britain. Um, yeah. And uh, she's, she's at the forefront of that. What a, what a guest. That was so amazing. I know, I'm chuffed with that one. Well, that's it for this week. You can join us next week with a brand new guest. It's very exciting. What you're off to do now, honey? Putting your car in the garage, aren't you? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually off to, and this will be old news by the time you hear this, listener. But I'm off to see who the bloody hell's going to be prime minister in this here country. So hey. uh, <laughs> let's find. Well, where, hey, yeah, let's not. get off quick. Let's get off quick. See you next week. Proper Class Podcast is produced by Michelle Farscott for Rangabee Productions, edited by James Torrance, with music by Tommy Music. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Spread the word. Tell your friends, neighbours, whoever will listen. We've also got an Instagram page. Ooh, get us. And you can follow all the news and goss at The Proper Class Podcast. And if you haven't nodded off yet, we've also gone and got ourselves an official email. So do get in touch. The email is properclasspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, folks. And remember, keep it classy. <laughs>